This season of Sincerely Human is sponsored by the Riley Sway Foundation. Through community-focused programs, Riley Sway inspires teens to lead with empathy and kindness. From connecting student leaders to awarding grants for projects that amplify kindness in local communities, Riley Sway Foundation equips the next generation of leaders with the tools they need to make a positive impact in the world. Please stay tuned for Kindness Calling, our post-script segment featuring the remarkable teens from Riley Sway Foundation. I had to believe in myself. I knew that if I had this vision that I would bring it to life. And so the advice I would give for young people is don't question yourself, follow your gut instinct, and truly find a community that supports you because they believe in you and who you are and who you're trying to become and how you're trying to have that positive impact in this world. You're listening to Sincerely Human, a podcast that tells stories of kindness in action from the lens of today's most inspiring humans. Camila Rente, CEO of Human Group Media and your host. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Daniela Fernandez. Daniela is the founder and CEO of Sustainable Ocean Alliance, or SOA. SOA is a global community of youth, entrepreneurs, and experts collaborating to solve the greatest challenges facing our ocean. Daniela is originally from Quito, Ecuador, which is one of the most beautiful and at least back in the day, the most pristine areas in the world where you just stepped outside and you felt nature, you saw it, you had this the sense of looking at and the mountains, going to the Amazon jungle, going to the Galapagos. So I grew up very fortunate to witness so much beauty in natural life. When Daniela was seven, she and her family moved to the United States. I went from an actual jungle to a concrete jungle of Chicago. And that was very eye-opening to me because it made me appreciate how fortunate I was as a little girl to have been in so much natural beauty early on in life. One day, while she was on her way home from school, Daniela saw a movie poster that had penguins on it. My favorite animal is the penguin. So, of course, I immediately ran to uh, Blockbuster at the time, the video store, to check out this movie about penguins, thinking that I was going to have a great time watching this movie. But the reality was that An Inconvenient Truth wasn't a movie about penguins. An Inconvenient Truth is a 2006 documentary. It's about former U.S. Vice President Al Gore's campaign to educate people about global warming. The assumption is something like this. The earth is so big, we can't possibly have any lasting harmful impact on the earth's environment. And maybe that was true at one time, but it's not anymore. And one of the reasons it's not true. You might remember a previous Sincerely Human guest, Kasha Sequoia, who was also inspired by this movie. It was the first time where as a 12-year-old kid, I came to learn the term climate change. I came to understand what was happening to that natural environment that I had grown up idolizing and loving. And that's when I came to the realization that climate change was the biggest threat to my generation, to my future. And so as a 12-year-old, I honestly gave myself the responsibility to do something to help protect our nature, our species, the penguins that I loved so much. And so that was one of the 
pivotal moments in my life when I became aware of this issue and decided to take it upon myself to take action somehow, but I didn't know how quite yet. From that moment on, Daniela dug deep into finding solutions to climate change. She took environmental science classes. She raised funding to get solar panels for her high school. She joined the debate team, thinking that one day she could run for office and pass legislation to solve the climate crisis. She decided to go to Georgetown University to study government for that same reason. But the reality is that as many people that go to Washington, D.C. with such political aspirations, you just get so disillusioned by the reality of politics. And the reality of the climate crisis was that I didn't have eight to 10 years to spend in Capitol Hill trying to pass a bill. And the reality was that we have a very small window of time to do something. This feeling of urgency became more apparent in her freshman year of college. Daniela was invited to attend a United Nations climate meeting in New York. And it was at this UN meeting where I had the big realization that I was one of the only young people in the room listening to these scientific facts. But the problem was that this information was being kept behind closed doors just to this exclusive group of people, whereas I felt like it was an imperative to provide this information to our generation who was going to be inheriting this crisis. So that was one big takeaway that I had. And the second takeaway that I had was the fact that we have limited time to solve the crisis. And yet, as a 19-year-old sitting at the edge of my seat in this UN meeting, no one talked about solutions. No one talked about a blueprint for change or a methodology to solve these problems. And so that was the the big catalytic moment for me in that I realized that our generation wasn't having a voice in the conversation. And I also realized that solutions were not being incorporated quickly enough. And that was when I had the idea of building Sustainable Ocean Alliance. Daniela wanted to focus on the ocean because she learned how essential its health is for our livelihood. Every second breath we take comes from the ocean. We've grown up thinking that trees produce most of the oxygen that we thrive on, but the reality is that the ocean actually produces 50% and more of that oxygen. We are living and breathing because of the ocean. I think it's really important to understand. Number two, all of the carbon dioxide that goes into the atmosphere, the ocean is actually responsible for being our biggest carbon sink. And that means that the ocean is absorbing that carbon from the atmosphere and holding it. And so the problem is that if the ocean reaches a tipping point in that it cannot absorb more carbon and we are changing the pH levels and the temperature of the ocean, marine life will no longer be able to exist under conditions that are not livable. And so going back to my reason for caring for the planet, my penguins, my penguins may not be in existence or they may not be able to find food to feed on. They might not be able to have a habitat to live on. So I think the reality is that one, if the ocean goes, we go as a human species. And that has to be a wake up call because if we're going to solve for the climate crisis, we have to protect our ocean, its species. And the other reality is that the ocean help regulates weather. If we don't address the ocean problems, we can't address those climate and weather catalytic problems that are happening right now all over the world. For these reasons, Daniela wanted to focus her organization's mission on the health of the ocean. But building a nonprofit isn't an easy thing to do, especially given Daniela's circumstances. 
I come from a first-generation, you know, immigrant, low-income family household. You need to have money to be an entrepreneur. I didn't have any personal savings. I didn't have any any money. I was actually the the household of my family, helping my mom with her finances when I was a senior in college. So it was a very difficult decision for me, being you know an only child, being the first person in my family to graduate from college, to decide to not take that cushy job I could have taken in Wall Street or a consulting job out of college. But rather take this enormous risk of starting a nonprofit or starting, you know, something from scratch. But the reality is that my mom was my biggest support system in that she not only encouraged me to move forward with my goals and my dreams, but she also told me it's okay because what's the worst that could happen? And for us, the worst that could happen is, you know, we come back to not having enough money in the household, which is something that we were already used to. So I think for me, the reality was that I wanted to give my all to this idea, to this belief that I had in myself. And I did not let the fact that I didn't have any personal wealth deter me, but rather I went out and found that money. I raised money from my professors. I raised money from mentors. I raised money from foundations. So the message I would give to a young person who is in my shoes is that don't hold yourself back just because you personally don't have those resources, but go out there and find those resources because they're out there. Not only did Danielle have to overcome the lack of resources, at the time, she also had to convince others that a 19-year-old was capable of starting a nonprofit. I received a lot of pats in the head being like, oh, that's a cute idea. Um, why don't you go get a job and get some experience under your belt? and make some money, and then you can go out and do something philanthropically. But the reality was that in my mind, it didn't make any sense because going back to the urgency of the situation, I did not want to spend the next 40 years of my life working at an office, making people money for the sake of making money. But I wanted to have a difference in the world now and today because that's when it really counts. So I would say that at the beginning, being a young person with these ideas was a big disadvantage because no one took me seriously. And it took a lot of knocking on doors, getting so many no's, getting so many responses of telling me that I was crazy, that entrepreneurship in the ocean doesn't make any sense, that it would never work, to then coming to this realization that I had to believe in myself and I had to believe in my own work ethic and that I knew that if I had this vision that I would bring it to life. And so the advice I would give for young people is that don't question yourself, like follow your gut instinct and truly find a community that supports you because they believe in you and who you are and who you're trying to become and how you're trying to have that positive impact in this world. At SOA, Daniela is providing young entrepreneurs who care about the environment an opportunity that she didn't have. We invite young people to become an ocean young leader and they submit a project to us, whether it be planting mangroves or, you know, building an infrastructure for recycling in their city or raising awareness about plastic pollution, whatever the project they have in mind might be. And we give them access to resources, education, mentorship and funding so they can actually bring that idea to life. And looking back at my own journey, I did not have that in building SOA. I wish I did. I wish I had a one-stop shop platform where I could just turn to and receive all of that support. On top of their leadership program, SOA has an accelerator program. 
which focuses more on the for-profit ideas. So I'm a big believer that on a macro level, if we're going to make a real impact in the climate crisis, we have to fundamentally change the way that business models operate in every single industry. So when you're looking at the energy industry, where you're looking at the shipping industry, at clothing, at the way we eat, you name it, there's a way to reinvent the model or re-engineer the way in which we're producing these products to make them sustainable and make them be in, you know, in relation to the ocean and not make them be destructive. To date, SOA has helped accelerate 45 ocean technology companies that have gone to raise more than $150 million in funding. As an entrepreneur, Daniela understands the power companies have in addressing the climate crisis. That is why she'd like to send a message to the most powerful CEOs in the world. I would address Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, and Jeff Bezos and tell them that they have to go all in in the climate crisis. All of their funding needs to be allocated to supporting entrepreneurs that are truly trying to make a difference in this space, and we need the capital to make that happen. Daniela also wants to encourage others to be kind by taking responsibility for the climate crisis. The fact that we care for something that's bigger than ourselves, it's an act of kindness in and of itself. And I also think that being kind as it relates to the climate crisis means taking responsibility for your actions. What you do really matters. And if we can have people act positively for our climate, that's an act of kindness, not only for yourself, but for you know everyone else. And that's where kindness comes. Kindness comes from taking your responsibility, taking ownership, and empowering other people to be the best version of themselves while solving this climate crisis. If you want to learn more about Sustainable Ocean Alliance, head on over to soalliance.org or find Daniela on Instagram at dvfernandez. In this edition of Kindness Calling, you'll be hearing from Charlie Hershorn, founder of the Friendly Fridge Network. Charlie is a junior at Scarsdale in New York. Around the end of summer in 2020, Charlie was inspired by a New York Times article that featured friendly fridges that were popping up all over the city. A friendly fridge is literally a refrigerator stocked with food that's up for grabs for people in the community. No questions asked. The Friendly Fridge Network was our way of expanding and our way of being able to do more and starting more fridges and helping more people in, in more communities. Our mission is really to have high school students organizing these fridges. And through the Friendly Fridge Network, we're able to both raise more awareness, raise more funds, and start more fridges in different communities all over. Right now, we're at um, two fridges. We have one in Brooklyn, and we have another in Port Chester, New York. One of the underlying issues that community fridges try to address is food insecurity, a global problem that nearly one in four households in the U.S. alone face. While we can't solve food insecurity entirely, we feel that by doing our part, we're helping in a meaningful way. I want to tell people to find their support. You, you can't do it on your own, and you should welcome support and collaboration and it's okay to rely on people for certain things. 
you can't solve a big issue on your own. You need a team and you need other people. And Charlie found an incredible support system through the Riley Sway Foundation. Not only did he receive a grant for his project, he was also named a Call for Kindness Fellow where he learned valuable skills, such as fundraising and storytelling. Kindness definitely plays a huge role in our efforts. Our volunteers that stock the fridge, kindness is kind of what drives them to take the time out of their day to, to stop by the fridge and fill it. Originally, when we were just starting out, and, and actually still in Brooklyn now, the food is donated by the volunteer. So kindness has to fuel that. Kindness in the donations that we receive that allow us to do our holiday events. Kindness from the artists that have made our both of our fridges so beautiful. And then really kindness from the community. They're so supportive and so welcoming to our volunteers. And they really made the fridge a part of their community so fast. I, I bet if you asked any of the people that are part of the surrounding community whose fridge it was, they would say, it's our fridge. Charlie has a piece of advice for young people like him who want to make a positive impact, but don't know where or how to begin. I would say start by trying to find your passion. And if you do find something that you're passionate about that allows you to help others as well, do it, go for it. Start that project or that campaign. In the long run, in a year or two, when you're when you realize that you're still doing this, it's not gonna be, I just wasted all that time using my effort and doing this when I could be doing something else, but it'll be, I'm really proud of what I just did and I, I wanna continue doing it. You can connect with Charlie by following the Friendly Fridge Network on Instagram at the PC Friendly Fridge and the Heights Friendly Fridge. Links are in our show notes. That's it for Kindness Calling. Thanks again to our podcast sponsor, Riley Sway Foundation. On January 20th, Riley Sway Foundation opened its annual national initiative, The Call for Kindness. Teens from all around the country can submit their projects and ideas that are designed to drive change and inspire kindness in their communities. Winners will be given $3,000 each to help implement their projects with their school or nonprofit partners and will participate in a year-long leadership fellowship. To learn more about the Call for Kindness and other life-changing programs at Riley Sway Foundation, please head on over to rileysway.org. Links are in our show notes. 